Hello, and welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Cale Guthrie Weissman, the Editor-in-Chief here at Modern Retail, and I'm joined this week with John McDonald, the founder and CEO of Semi Handmade. And I'm really excited to go into the world of online cabinetry and what's going on in the overall sort of home space. But hey, John, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me, Cale. It's great to be here. Yeah. Um, first, for those who don't know, can you just give a brief introduction about what Semi Handmade is? I'm fascinated by your business model, and we'll dig more into that. But just what sort of, how did it start, where you go, and all that stuff? Sure. Semi Handmade is a company I started about uh, right about 10 years ago. Um, and we make doors that fit IKEA cabinets. So I had started out as a custom cabinet maker, um, needed to pivot during the, uh, the recession, like a lot of people and saw an opportunity to make doors that customize and sort of upgrade Ikea cabinets. So basically, when you buy an Ikea kitchen, a bathroom, some of their media cabinets, they let you not buy doors. And so we are basically an aftermarket supplier of that. Wow. And so uh, when you first launched, was how did you sort of market yourself? Was it just simply, we're going to make a nice looking cabinetry, you just buy the bones from Ikea? Was there a lot of education associated with it? Yeah, it wasn't really... Um, there wasn't a specific plan. It really was a accidental pivot. Um, I, I, as I said, I was doing custom in, in Southern California. I was having some success with that. Um, the market really dried up for a couple of years in 2008, 2009. Um, and I had someone, uh, well, one thing I always did was I marketed this like any other business. So I did a lot of trade shows. And at one of those, a guy came up to me randomly and said, Hey, have you ever thought about making doors for Ikea? And the answer was no, I hadn't considered it at all. And so when things slowed down, um, I had a I had a few really um, kind of daring maybe architects and, and uh, customers that I worked with. And I said, hey, would you be willing to try mixing IKEA with your with your kitchen? And that's how it started. Again, not not a conscious decision, completely local, didn't start shipping it nationally, probably for at least two years. Interesting. And now that you've been doing this for so long, has this become a more common practice? Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I can't take credit for being the first person to do this because there there is another company um, that's been doing it for a, for a little bit longer. Not um, they they've never marketed it or really advertised, and they're not anywhere near the size that we are. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm proud of the fact that we've really normalized this, and we've got tons of competitors. Um, some of them really exceptional, um, and you know, the IKEA ecosystem in general. You've got people that make custom slip covers and they make decals um, for cabinet doors uh, they make uh, furniture legs so it's 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 really exploded and ultimately the credit goes to IKEA for having such a versatile system so walk me through who is your your target customer like how, what what is the pricing and how does it compare to say getting a, a normal set of cabinetry done so what 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 is the shift when you when you buy the bones from IKEA right so i, I mean IKEA I always say like Amazon does what they do better than anybody, meaning you can up until you know COVID hit and affected everybody's supply chain. Um, you can you could literally walk out the door with the kitchen today yeah. at a price that, that nobody can really compete with. So we start with that as a base. Um, and so, you know, if you're apples to apples, we can't compete with IKEA. You know, there are there are doors that you could buy for kitchens that are three to five to ten dollars. We probably start closer to 50 to 75 to 150. Um, so depending on what you're looking for, there really is a wide range. Um, I would say in general, uh, a high-end kitchen for us is probably 50% more than IKEA. But but keep in mind, you know, a high-end kitchen for IKEA might be $9,000. So we're at about 12 or 13, whereas a comparable custom kitchen would easily be twice that. Mm-hmm. And so is this... We, a lot of the 
a lot of people go to Ikea because it's uh, more modular to put in. Kitchens, not so much, but sort of what is the, how much, how much external labor does it require for, for your materials? And sort of, is there an added sort of, I guess, process by which putting Ikea next to your doors and sort of making the two different companies fit together? Yeah. You know, we've, we've learned over the last 10 years that about half our customers will buy the cabinets, our doors and install them themselves. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a credit to the the knockdown system that Ikea has, which is, you know, is very European. It's not the traditional American. That's, that's a box with, with a frame on it um, that comes assembled. Um, and so, and so the biggest, you know, the, the challenge with us, and it's, you know, I, I've, I've seen it more in the last few years, uh, you know, we've been fortunate to continue to grow, but it is an understanding that it is difficult uh, or a challenge to have to go to two different places to get your kitchen. Right. And so the, the challenge for us has always been to try and make that process as seamless as possible, which is why, and it's maybe something we can, we can talk about later in the, in the interview. Um, we have our own cabinet system we're launching to basically compete with ourselves and Ikea uh, in the next few months. Talk, yeah, let's go into that. So how, how have you come up with that? What is the price point compared to the Ikea and sort of how are you going about targeting with that? Because it seems like that I'm assuming it's going to be more expensive. Am I incorrect about that? It, it is. Uh, it's probably about 25 to 30% more than semi-hammed in Ikea. So the company is called Boxy, B-O-X-I. And what we are going to do is launch the first direct-to-consumer line of kitchen cabinets. Um, and many things about this make it unique. It, in, in a lot of ways, um, kind of surprisingly, it, it doesn't exist. Um, and, and really, it, it's, it's a cabinet system for the entire home. So it starts in the kitchen and the bathroom. Um, it's easily converted to to media, to laundry, to closet, to office. Um, and so we're approaching it in a way um, of basically taking everything I've learned over the last 10 years, um, which, is, which has been a ton, um, learning about our audience, uh, really leveraging social media, and our relationships that way. I mean, one thing we've done, I think, better than anybody and continue to do is work with uh, design personalities and other brands um, consistently. And that, that's a huge differentiator. Um, and so Boxy is sort of a combination of all that. It is about, again, about 30% more than semi handmade in Ikea. The big thing that's going to solve a huge pain point is the fact that the cabinets come fully assembled um, with the doors attached, which is a huge upgrade from what we're doing and they ship in a week. So depending on where you are in the country, you're going to have a fully assembled kitchen in two to three weeks. That's interesting. So you, you, you say you're the the first DTC cabinetry uh, brand. I, I always think of cabinetry as especially I'm like envisioning it in the kitchen right now, but it's, it's right. something that requires a lot of, a lot of extra hands, a lot of precision and a lot of measuring. And so how do you sort of go about that when it's something, is it just you're expecting people to measure it correctly in their homes and have it set up and and put it up themselves? What's the sort of process by which you're approaching right. this to have that work? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, the, the caveat with that is it's as much as DTC as you can be for <laughs> for your for your kitchen, right? Because I mean, I, I've, I've consistently said to, to everybody, you know, it's not like we're selling a pair of shoes um, or eyeglasses or a suitcase, right? Like a, like a product. This is tons of moving parts, right? A kitchen could have, you know, say, 10 to 20 cabinets in it, filler, trim, panels. It could be up to 70 pieces, 70 different SKUs. So, um, yeah, I mean, we are definitely going to take advantage of our customer base through Semi Handmade, and they are very DIY. But in terms of ordering, uh, you're right. I mean, it's not, it's not for everybody. So we have three different processes. The first process is basically people that have already done their designs. 
So people that have um, have have worked with IKEA and their free planner that work with an architect designer, you can send us your plans. We can easily trans them, translate them to to a boxy bid. Uh, the second one is is kind of like what you and I are doing. It's it's through Zoom, um, mm-hmm. which is which is a huge percentage of our of our customers now anyway, and has been, which is online design. And so there are a lot of people that do feel comfortable pulling their own measurements, right? Sending, uploading photos, um, getting on, getting on calls like this for a couple hours to sort of walk through the process. And then the third one is uh, the most traditional and kind of the most old school, which is a guy or girl showing up at your home with a tape measure, right? And so that that is what people, what a lot of customers expect. Certainly, customers that are not typical semi handmade customers are going to expect that. But we're absolutely going to offer that. And we're working with some great partners around the country that can provide that service. And so you don't, you know, and the, the, look, look, one of the biggest differentiators, Gail, too, is you don't ever have to go into a big box store again, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, you know, the problem with with IKEA and Home Depot is, and they're great, um, is they're also massive. There's there's huge backlogs. Um, whether it's COVID or not, people like the idea of, of having things come to them, right? We've gotten spoiled through, you know, one of the most challenging times ever. And so we're, we're excited about that prospect, too, is saying to you, this can come to you. You're spending a lot of money. You don't need to add the additional kind of stress and hassle of, of big crowds or long lines or, or not being able to find anyone. Do you find yourself working with a lot of contractors or what is sort of the makeup between people who are DIY, people who have maybe one expert or a middleman or people who have teams? How do, what's the So right now it's probably about 75 percent homeowners. And then within the, the, the other 25, you've got. Some contractors, some installers, um, designers, and architects. So, and trade. So, trade is one thing we're really going to make a big push towards with Boxy, um, because it, within that network, you know, with, with Semi Hame, one thing we're really proud of is we have something called Semi Pros, which are is our trade program, and that's up to twenty five hundred men and women around the country that are ambassadors for us, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, which is amazing. And they're making money off of, of bonus, you know, trade points and things like that. But it's the, what's it's limiting in the sense that they've got to be strictly working with IKEA. And mm-hmm. so, so a designer, if they do three, four, five kitchens a year, may only do one IKEA kitchen. And so now we're saying with Boxy, we're adding something that sort of is 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 that and more, right? So it's so it's opening up so many avenues and channels that we haven't had in the past, and that's incredibly exciting as well. So what made you decide to go this route with Boxy? And sort of as a backstory, what has sort of the growth been for Semi Handmade up until now? Yeah, so we, I think this is just the natural evolution. When we started, again, we say roughly 2011, it was me. uh, And then I had a friend partner come on board. Uh, It was the two of us. And then we just started to grow. So we we did, I think, um, probably about a thousand projects within the first two and three years. Um, at this point, we've done over 20,000 projects. Um, I, I'm very candid in, in things like this about, you know, revenue. I never thought we'd get to a million or 5 million or 10 million and 12 million. Um, and so it's been, it's been growing every year. We've been profitable every year. Um, at, our, at our highest point, we had 75 employees two years ago. And that's when we were still manufacturing a lot. One thing I'm really proud of is about, uh, about 18 months ago, we started drop shipping everything. So we worked mm-hmm. with some amazing partners all in the U.S., um, really high-end door manufacturers that make doors for a lot of people. Um, but we've got some some really unique designs that they do for us. And so everything goes directly from them to the homeowner. Um, and so Boxy, as I said, is the evolution of that. It's looking at the IKEA landscape and saying, 
We have a lot more competitors now, um, which is great. We proved the concept. Um, Ikea, it's, it's interesting. I'm not quite sure where they are in terms of the U.S. market with kitchens. There are, there's definitely some, some more competition coming this, um, as we speak. And it just felt kind of limiting just doing doors for Ikea cabinets. And part of it, you know, honestly, is, is me, whether it's ego or, or ambition or, <laughs> you know, that it's saying, I want to do more. Like, I didn't think we could do this. Now, what else can we do? So it's expanding that way. We're now going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So are, are you going to be drop shipping the same with Boxy as well, where you're not manufacturing any of it right. or you're using your partners? Can you talk a little about how that, I think that that's, I mean, it's a, it's a smart business decision because right. you're not doing all that, but was that, what was sort of the process by which you transformed into that? Did you, did you taking away less of the control of the actual manufacturing? Were there any trade-offs? Yeah. So we spent probably two and a half years prior uh, when I started thinking about this, doing some R and D and figuring, you know, can we do this in house? Cause that's all we'd known up until then. And it's ambitious, but after about, you know, 18 months, you know, we realized this isn't going to work. It's definitely not scalable. It's not what we do. I, I had no interest in that kind of vertical integration. There are too many other manufacturers around the, around the country that are just better and faster and frankly, less expensive to do it. Um, and so we, we worked on it. Uh, I, I kind of put it to bed up until 20, I don't know, 2019. And then halfway through going into last summer was when I thought, well, maybe this is something we can we can do again. Um, and that's when I restarted it with, with the understanding that we can't manufacture. So, you know, who can we reach out to, to to maybe be a partner? And we had some, you know, big partners in mind. I talked to all the big multi-billion dollar companies like Master Brand, American Woodmark, and it just wasn't a good fit. And I, I don't think, frankly, they understood how we wanted to do it. Um, because those guys are very specific channels, and I understand that. And so, fortunately, sort of mid mid last fall, um, I connected with a with a great manufacturer in the Pacific Northwest, and we were at, at a at a point where both of us were trying to do something similar. They they have a sterling reputation, B two B. They have they have some of their own cabinet lines, but they they mainly work through dealers. Um, and they wanted to go more direct to consumer, and we were in a spot where we weren't going to be able to do it ourselves. And so um, it, it was just, it was a perfect fit. And so I, so it's, so, so in terms of concessions, yeah, there are some concessions, right? So um, the way that you're able to ship in a week um, fully assembled is you've got to carry inventory. And mm-hmm. so starting out, we had to really kind of be very rigorous and strict in what our door offerings were. With like semi handmade, we've got, I think, 40 to 45 different doors to choose from. With boxy, we don't, we've got, eight, maybe 10 to start. Um, they are probably the most popular choices, white, black, gray, things like that. Um, hopefully some unpainted options, which we sell a lot of, but we don't look at it as really kind of any kind of, um, setback. I mean, I always wanted to do something that's, you know, I'm I'm on the West coast, like the in and out burgers of kitchens. If you can do that, right. Which is we do four or five things. Great. And that's how we're able to, to be, um, highly competitive in terms of pricing and high quality, but, we're, but it's not for everybody. Right. But to mm-hmm. me, that's the clearest path to scale. And so that's, that's what we're going for with boxy. So can you talk to me what your, uh, what your general strategy is with customer acquisition with boxy? Cause I feel like there's going to be some education. A lot of people, when they right. think I need a new kitchen, they're not going to say, well, I'm going to find a new DTC company who will just be able to provide this for me. So how are you approaching all of that? Yeah, that's a that's a whole new thing, at least for me. I mean, one thing that we've done 
in the last just two months is really expand our team right at the top, right? So at the same time last year, when when we were um, kind of hashing out Boxy 2.0, um, I realized I can't do this by myself. And I and, and especially when my focus was on that, right? Day to day with Semi Handmade, we still have 55 employees, but I, I wanted to do more. So what I did was um, we hired a president. So we hired a woman named Beth Brenner, who had started Domino Magazine, you know, back in the day when that was just probably one of the most iconic magazines ever. Was publisher of that, um, was also the CRO of that. And so I knew I, I needed somebody that understood media because, again, we're expanding beyond just a, just a maker of doors, right? Because we've also got a, a design website that we just launched uh, last week. Um, and so I started at the top, and that was a short list. And I met Beth through a friend. We completely clicked, and we nailed it down this summer, right? And she came on board at the end of August. Um, we also hired an amazing um, marketing VP uh, named Molly McDermott Walsh, who had, who had worked at Pantone and Farrow and Ball and uh, Henryville, and then we added um, the head of social media from Domino. So, in terms of um, in terms of how we acquire customers, it's always been organic, and it's always been. We've been fortunate to have amazing press, amazing collaborations. People are constantly coming to us. So, with Boxy, yes, a lot of that is. Leveraging that. I mean, I, I keep using the word cannibalize, which isn't a nice, maybe the, the most appropriate <laughs> term, but that's what I mean. We're going after that customer. We're saying to you, look, you want to buy semi handmade in IKEA? That's awesome. You want something a little bit nicer and a little more expensive? Boom, go with Boxy. It's a win either way. Um, and so, but in terms of a marketing, yeah, I mean, there's a how we get customers. We were going through it, you know, on on Friday. I mean, we've been really fortunate. So there will be, I guess, performance and, and push-pull marketing stuff, like terms I didn't even know, honestly, like a year ago, because it was never a concern for us. Um, but but the big differentiator is there really is, there's nobody else out there doing this. Absolutely, there are cabinet companies, um, but they're, na- they're nameless uh, or, or faceless. I mean, there's Ikea in the US, and then there's 50 others made by the big guys. And so, I mean, part of what we want to do is, is be as kind of non-traditional as well. Like looking at what the other guys are doing and say, to a certain extent, let's just not do that. So the answer is yes. Instagram, Pinterest, Google, um, Facebook, basic channels. And then what else can we do? So do you view calling yourself one of the only direct-to-consumer cabinetry companies as much a move of aesthetics and branding as it is about figuring, you know, making the cabinets and having them mailed to people's houses as well? Yeah. I mean, I guess, look, whether direct-to-consumer um, is, the, is the the best term for it, I don't know. I think certainly as I'm pitching it in-house and out-of-house, of course, it's every cliche where the war be in a way, <laughs> right? I mean, all, everything, the glasses I'm wearing and the shoes I'm wearing, um, because that's that's easy to sort of package and digest. Um, with the understanding, as we said, among other things, look, the price point is is anywhere between six grand and fifteen grand. You know, so that's so it's understanding that as direct as you want to be, um, there has to be a lot of touches, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, again, you're not buying a pair of Allbirds that, that you can do and click right and send it back if you don't like um, kitchens and bathrooms. I mean, as we know, without being overly corny, but that's that's the center of your home. If you're fortunate to own a home or rent a home or whatever you do, it's a big deal. And, and that's one thing I've learned, especially coming from custom and making people's dining tables and things like that is, yeah, on the one hand, it's a business, but there's also a huge amount of satisfaction 
when you bump into someone um, like eight years later and they say, I've still got a kitchen that you made me, or, you know, I still have, we still love that dining table, or maybe I gave that to my daughter and, she, and she's using it with her family. So um, it's interesting. And, and again, even how I speak about it, I, I think I speak about, about it differently. Uh, it's, it's not corporate. So it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a mixture of, of scrappy, but still we have enormous technical know-how and great um, partnerships and, and, and especially branding too. Yeah. Branding is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to me a little about the dynamics with coronavirus? Because in my head, I imagine there is a confluence of very interesting issues. Like I'm, I imagine supply chain got kind of screwed up with you guys, but then also people have been improving their homes a lot. And there's also, and I'd love to hear if there, you have any data around this, but more people, especially people in like my demographic, you know, millennials are buying homes. So it seems like you could be riding a certain type of wave when you're launching a, a, a line of cabinetry. So what, what have you been noticing? Have you, have there been more people buy, buying your products? Is did launching Boxy work sort of ride the specific wave that's been happening with a lot of other DTC brands? Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's been um, obviously interesting in a lot of ways. And we've been extremely fortunate to have not been that disrupted. I mean, we, we've actually seen a little bit of close to 10, 15% growth over the year, which is amazing. You know, any year is amazing. Uh, so I'm incredibly grateful. We had a lay, uh, we, had, we didn't lay and went off. We cut people back um, 20% hours in pay for about seven weeks. Um, and then we brought people back right in the middle of May and didn't miss a beat. Um, and, and it's true, you know, you do anecdotally or not, um, people are obviously traveling less, they're eating out less. So they're looking around their, their homes and saying, what can I do to fix this up? So I think we, we've definitely benefited from that as have other, um, direct to consumer brands. Um, in terms of boxy, yeah, we're going to, we're going to sort of soft launch it at the end of the year in about six markets. Um, to get our feet wet. I mean, one of the nice things is the fact that this isn't a startup, right? We've got this enormous, um, we've had a tremendous amount of success and, and most importantly, an amazing infrastructure already in place of, of 55 people that support us through uh, customer experience and sales and everything else. And so that gives us the opportunity to try things out in cities like like New York and Los Angeles and Austin and um, Phoenix and Minneapolis and Seattle. Um, so, and I, look, I, I do think there, there's going to be we're going to continue to see growth in our in our sector for the next year to eighteen months for sure. People are buying homes. My, my fiance sells mortgages, and whether people are refinancing or or, buy, or buying, it's it, it's it's never been busier, right? Which is hard to understand. And look, and I, and I say that not saying it lightly because there's an enormous number of people in this country in the world that are suffering. Um, so again, it's it's with humility. But but yeah, we, we've been fortunate. There's a, a weird sort of economic thing happening now, specifically with uh, more people at home. Some spending has increased, but we're also in an economic downturn. So I imagine that could turn into fewer home improvement projects down the line. How do you take into account those kinds of factors? Right. It's been, and that, and that was part of um, the, what wasn't the inspiration, but looking at Ikea and saying, look, Ikea, mm-hmm. As far as we can tell, it's maybe flattened a little bit in the U.S. in terms of in terms of kitchens, right? And that, and, and again, on top of having other competitors, you know, the other sort of um, idea when we brought in Beth and Molly and Alyssa was to expand the brand in general, right? So not not to be exclusively a maker of doors, right? So yes, we're going to expand into our own line of cabinets, but we're also going to start offering products, right? Having a marketplace, um, having having media and a, and, a, and a robust YouTube channel and things like that. I think in general. Um, 
Yeah, it's a fair question. I mean, it's scary. I I, I came right at the at, at, you know at, at the birth you know of, of the of the last recession, right? And so we haven't faced. We've been fortunate to grow like a lot of people since. Um, and it is, but but it is something we we have talked about because you know as much as you want to continue to grow, um, it becomes a question of is that realistic? And and like you said, I mean, it, it can stop as we've learned. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little about the media offering and all these other secondary marketplace offerings? Uh, are you like a with the media offering? Are you you have a magazine? Are you trying to be sort of like an apartment therapy? Sort of how are you approaching that? And just getting into all of these new areas, how are you approaching it so that you're not extending yourself too thin? Yeah, we started what we launched last week is uh, we, we're calling it a design destination. It's called Semi Stories, and that's really um, the the idea for that was. Same thing. A lot. Apparently, a lot was happening in the fall last year, right? But I, I thought, you know, a huge admiration for Food Fifty Two, right? What those uh, ladies have created is extraordinary, and and they and it's continued to grow, and it really is a legit um, community, mm-hmm. right? And so it's easy to say, hey, let's. And basically, what I said was, let's do what Food Fifty Two did. I have no idea how we do that, right? <laughs> and, and and of course, it took them ten years to do, and they and they continue to refine it and get better. But but can we be inspired by that and offer something similar? And so I brought in someone um, with an amazing sort of editorial background to, I mean I mean the, the idea Kel was we, we didn't have to make money to start right. So part of that it's it's not so much a vanity project, but some ways it is. So mm-hmm. saying can we get great writing um, and can we do home tours and things like that and illustrations and that's how it started. Um, and then you know like anything about five months into it you realize oh we should try and make money off this because that's what you're supposed to do right and so that's what we started to talk about at the beginning of the summer um and so bringing on beth um again who who was the publisher of domino was a was a huge part of that you know with her enormous background in media things you know language that i don't speak at all it was saying okay can we expand this right now we are in a place where we're not sort of, we haven't taken on investment yet. So we're not beholden to, to that sort of thing to VC. Um, but can we, can we expand, expand the brand that way? And that's what we've started to do. So we've been fortunate to work with some amazing people. Um, and again, part of it is also leveraging semi handmade relationships. So it's designers that, um, that have done amazing projects that are not semi handmade and, and they're, and they're not boxy. I don't care. You know, I mean, it, it is, Again, it's it's a cliche because there are a lot of lifestyle blogs and things like that. And certainly, you mentioned apartment therapy; they're sort of the granddaddy, uh, <laughs> grand grandmommy of all this stuff, and they were incredibly generous to us at the start. Um, so you'd be lucky to sort of you know approximate something similar to them. But yeah, I mean, this is the fun like kind of discovery stage. It just launched um, again. It's called Semi Stories, and I, I I'd love to have people check it out. It, that's it's really interesting because you're. You use Food 52, and I totally understand what you're saying, but you're kind of going for a reverse, a reverse Food 52, where Food 52 was doing content for 10 right. years and then was like, we need to make money, so now we're going to go into products. And it's working really well. Right. And you're, and it, I think that your approach is probably better or less of a gamble in a certain sense because you have a product and you're profitable, and now you're like, well, we can invest in that and make this media product. Right. I mean, it is fascinating. I mean, part of what's great about modern retail and and the, and the dives that you guys do into things. I mean, I totally geek out on other companies, right? And other brands um, and learning what they do. And I, and I am kind of amazed and I do feel fortunate that we've been, we've been, we've been profitable from day, you know, not from day one, but pretty much for the, the entire decade. 
Um, and so it does put us in a good spot to, to be a little more maybe prudent in our choices. Um, there's no, there's no timelines as much as that can be frustrating at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, that's a, that's a good kind of analysis of it. It's, it's, it's deliberate, but we have a, a bit of padding with semi hammock And so we're, we're almost running out of time, but I want to, you, you mentioned we haven't taken, uh, investment funding yet. Is that something that you're considering as you're continuing to grow? And also it seems like with boxy, potentially there could be showrooms because I imagine right. people want to see them. So what are your thoughts just on both those fronts in terms yeah. of getting people expanding, et cetera? So one, so one big difference with semi handmade, uh, in the Ikea experience and boxy is you're, you're hundred percent correct. People need to see the actual product, right? So in the past, I would say, Hey, Kelly, if you want to go see kitchens, go to Ikea, you can see 50. And then we've got, I can send you samples, of course, but we've got many kind of, we work, we have multiple, we works around the country in New York, Chicago, different places. Right. So with boxy, the plan is it, it's, it's, it's more, it's sort of more grassroots. So we already do have small, uh, not, you know, not, not alone brick and mortar kind of spaces. It's shared spaces in those cities. So in the cities we're starting at. So in New York, we're finalizing one. We have a big one in LA where we're headquartered. Minneapolis, we're locking down. We already have lockdown. We're setting one up, um, in Austin, um, and, and, and those cities. So definitely that's going to have to, that's going to have to happen. People are going to need to see it, especially as I said, when you're spending between six and $15,000. Um, so. I mean, I've kicked tires and people have kicked tire for the, for the last two years. And, and, and here's that ego part. So I, I, I definitely have, I think, gotten past <laughs> the part where it annoys the, it annoys the hell out of me when I see all these DTC brands have raised like six to eight to 10, to 15 million bucks. And I'm like, how could anybody thought that was a good idea? Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I understand much better how VC works and, and, and then private equity. And, and, and these are, these are gambles and, and, you know, there are 18 bra brands and, and 175 mattress companies and we've got this and there's just us. Um, and I had somebody tell me from one of those mattress companies, like, you know, the problem with us is it's not a hockey stick, right? The growth is steady, um, but it's not that. And that used to bother me. And so now it doesn't. So the answer is um, we, we're, we're definitely listening to people, but we don't need the money. Mm-hmm. And, and that, again, it's, it's balancing that because if I got the money, we had, you know, what will we spend it on? And there isn't anything we really need it for, which is ultimately the best spot to be in. I think. Yeah, that's a that's a very, very good spot to be in. Um, I'm sure a lot of companies are envious of that because you know, they're spending on lots of different things. But right. John, this has been a really fascinating conversation. I really appreciate taking the time. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you again, Cal. I really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. Our producer is Pierre Bienname, who also produced our theme music. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and send this podcast over to a friend who you know would enjoy it. See you next week.